Okay, all right. You've landed on Island 49. I'm your host, Weston Smith. Promised you yesterday I'd be back today to recap day two of the 2023 NFL draft, consisting of rounds two and three. Obviously, the 49ers weren't slated to pick till the back end of round three with the compensatory picks 99, uh, 101, and 102. That's the kind of what the breakdown was going to be. And for 49er fans, day two started really, really slow, seeing a lot of good talent uh, left there. Uh, coming into the draft, had 11 overall picks. We certainly felt pretty confident. I felt pretty confident that we weren't going to make all 11 picks and we had enough to package and compensate some teams later in this draft to be able to slide up and be picky and choosy about the individuals that they thought they could add to this roster. More importantly, maybe compete for 50 to 53, whether it would be this year or next year, but uh, kind of sustaining that that growth. So we made three picks in the the third round. Um, for us, it was, hey, some excitement when they finally moved off. Actually, before I even get into it, let's just say I'm coming in and saying this is not going to be a pleasant conversation from, from my vantage point. Uh, just how day two unfolded, how our, our picks unfolded. Going in, I said in my my uh, the podcast episode yesterday that, hey, if I was being selfish, I'd like them to address some positions of need. So safety, tight end, uh, kicker was certainly not one of those, even though it's a position of need. I didn't envision that being done on day two of the NFL draft, but we'll get to that in just a second. So back half of the third round's coming. All of a sudden you see that there, there's a trade. We're finally making our first pick. We jump. We actually got rid of 102 coupled with, uh, I believe, a fifth and a sixth or a fifth and a seventh this year to move into 87 overall, where they selected safety out of Penn State, Jair Brown. Thrilled with the pick. Uh, addressed a position of need. A good player. A New Jersey guy. So I'm automatically biased towards him. You know, a Penn State guy. Can't help but feel this doesn't have Steve Wilkes all over it. Um, I'm a little perplexed. You know, I, I've, I in some capacity, I, I feel like he's a little redundant. Um, at least the tape says a little redundant to what Telenoa Hufunga does, you know, um, is a guy that can play close to the line of scrimmage, certainly somebody that you can blitz. But when you see interviews from Jair Brown, he talks about how he prefers to be that one over the top. And he certainly has ball hawk, ball hawk capabilities while, you know, his clocked 40 time is not the most desirable, is a guy that I think plays a little bit faster with pads on than he might look, you know, in, in shorts and a T-shirt. So thrilled, love the pick, love the position, think it's great value for the position. I know safeties aren't the most highly coveted individuals in the NFL, but you're talking about late in the third round, you know, leveraging some compensatory picks to move up to go get your guy. I'm always a believer in this, like go get your guy. And to me, they said, Hey, we feel confident enough. He's not going to be here at 99. He won't be here at 101 or 102. We want to go get this guy. Good. Awesome. Applaud it. Good player. Think he's going to fit in. And I think, you know, you hear Daniel Jeremiah talk about how this is his number one safety in the entire class. Great. Makes me feel good. You got other, uh, you know, talking heads, public figures out there saying that this guy's going to come in, come in and compete day one. Awesome. You know, I've been talking to all offseason about how, you know, Deshaun Gibson had a wonderful season last year, but this is probably it, right? Like he contemplated retirement now. So it feels like some youth at the safety position, 
a la when Jaquiski Tar and Jimmy Ward first came in, some youth that needed to learn, they needed to gel. You know, we saw glimmers of hope from Hufunga last year for sure, especially early in the season. You know, will Jair contribute to that? I believe he will. I think he's definitely going to have an opportunity um, to to compete for a starting position here, especially in in nickel packages where they might want to go, you know, three, three safety, like a hybrid three safety, or certainly the opportunity to send this guy off the corner. We know we can get, um, get to the quarterback and we know he has a knack for finding the football. Awesome. In doing that, we actually retained 99, right? So feeling good, right? That, that's the early of our third picks get to that. All of a sudden we're going to go ahead and announce that the 49ers have selected the kicker out of Michigan, uh, Jake Moody. I can't help but smile a little bit because it was great to hear Rich Eisen, obviously a well-celebrated Michigan Wolverine fan, applauding the 49ers for taking a kicker and and that kicker being from Michigan. And, you know, yes, kickers are, are people too. I don't care. Um, this is not the pick for, for me. There are contributing football players that are on the board right now where you need help, whether it be additional edge rushers, uh, additions to the the offensive line, the secondary um, for some more depth at corner. I'm not saying that, uh, look, Robbie Gold's gone. Brought in Gonzalez in the offseason. We don't know what that's going to look like, right? We're not at camp yet. I'm, I'm not opposed to walking away with a rookie kicker, but this guy needs to be better than Robbie goal to solidify or to justify the third pick. I understand. Look, we're returning 19 of 22 starters. You were in the NFC championship game. You are an injury to your quarterback away from being highly competitive in that NFC championship game. There are very few roster spots to be had, but in my opinion, it's good. When you're drafting here, it's BPA. You can never have enough good players at whatever position, even if it's redundant. And it just doesn't feel like kicker fits the build at 99 overall. Um, you know, I, I read a there's a punchline out there about how he has the ability to kick off. Well, isn't that a prerequisite for a kicker? The ability to kick off. If I'm finding a silver lining, okay. Maybe the intention here is like, hey, he has the ability to maybe put it in the back of the end zone on a kickoff. High point of frustration for 49er fans last year was seeing too many kicks being returned, yielding positive field uh, position for the competition or for the opponent. So, okay. Um, you know, the, the press conference from Lynch and Shanahan afterwards where they, it feels like they're, they're, they're mocking the fans, right, where you see – that Lynch's uh, Shanahan's buddies in the league texting him, joking him with him about taking a kicker, and him saying that he'd give the he'd give it right back to them if they were taking a kicker in the third round, or even you know conversations with one of the picks being like, "Hey," or, or with Jake Moody, like, "Hey," at least it wasn't running back in the third round. So they're very aware of how they're being mocked in in, in the public eye for some of these things. I'm not going to sit here and pretend to know more than John Lynch or Kyle Shanahan about what this 49ers team should do based on the way that they're constructed. But I will say this. I still just can't justify with 99 overall when you see all these teams around you adding youth and, and talent and depth rotational pieces that the investment is made into the kicker. So to recap, you have now on this roster spent a third-round pick on a kicker, and you've also spent a fourth-round kick a pick on a punter. Uh, 
not often do you see that construction on a roster. So I have to question the thought process. I'm going to say that I understand that if Moody was the guy and they wanted to walk out of this draft with that top tier kicker, knowing that they don't pick until the fifth round, hey, chances are he's probably not there when you pick again in the fifth round. But like, I'm taking those chances. I'm rolling those dice, those that dice, and I'm adding edge depth tackles. There are good names out there that would fit this scheme that have not been brought, that weren't brought in, and the opportunity's been passed. And now you don't pick again until the fifth round, still unless you get cute and start packaging, you know, your picks together. The final piece of this um, at 101 overall um, was t- the tight end out of Alabama, Cameron Latou. Again. I said I wanted them to address the tight end position. Just don't know if this was the guy, right? Um, When we talk about why is having that secondary tight end so important, you want him made in a similar build to George Kittle. I'm not saying he this individual will ever be George Kittle. You know, he has far exceeded expectations. Obviously, always talked about in the discussion as the top tight end um, in the league. It's going to be hard to find that guy to replace him, but I think what you're looking for is a guy who does both things well, is a passing threat and has the ability to inline block and and essentially participate as that sixth offensive lineman. And they talk about Latou being that guy, but like I don't know, you know, that some of the tape that I've watched and seen and watched a lot of Alabama games that are, are televised, like blocking doesn't certainly jump off the page at you. You know, you're not seeing them put DNs and backers you know, on their back, you know, in a pancake scenario. So loved the addressing of the position. Don't know how much I love the player. I know he's physical. I know he's a big guy, uh, doesn't have the same athletic profile as George Kittle. So I am intrigued, right? And I'll leave it to the guys that develop players here because I've done a good job of developing these later round picks into players that contribute to this team. It's just hard for me to think like, okay, if the intention was to, um, address the tight end position you know what's wrong you know tucker craft went 78 overall i think darnell washington let me just check here so i'm not in inaccurate out of georgia athletic freak big man went 93 overall so i know we packaged up to to you know get to 86 to to, to make the pick for jair or 87 to make the pick for jair brown why are we not to a Will Mallory who's more of an inline threat, right? Can stretch the seams. Like these are these are players that I think are better suited for this offense. Remains to be seen. So what does all that mean? Um, essentially, I'm walking out of this not feeling any better than I was on day one, and that's sad because the Jair Brown pick got me out of my seat. I was excited about that. I was like, this is the move. You move up. You go target your players. You knew they were going to be there. Like. I applaud that. I celebrate that. But what I, I can't get behind the kicker. I can't get behind, you know, the player taking that tight end can't help but feel he'd be there a little bit later and an opportunity missed here to add critical pieces to the edge and critical pieces, you know, to the edge again, but on the offensive side of the ball, um, I'm thinking you always want to have reinforcements for the offensive defensive line, the way that this team and this roster is constructed. Again, I don't give grades that that remains to be seen. I can look back on it three years from now and say, okay, look at what that draft yielded us or look at what that draft didn't yield at us. But I would just say um, poor pick management, in my opinion, uh, not thrilled. You know, if, if Brown's a home run, you overlook it. 
right? But I said coming out of day one where they didn't have any picks and you watched your immediate competition in the NFC get better, that day two and day three of the NFL draft needed to be home runs. Day two doesn't feel like a home run whatsoever. So day three here, uh, five picks remaining. So it's actually, so you have 155 in round five, 173 in round five, 216 in six, 247, 253, and 255 in round seven. This needs to be a grand slam. This, there needs to be some diamonds in the rough to, to walk away confident feeling that the 49ers have improved this roster. It's hard to improve this roster tremendously, but have improved this roster walking out of the NFL draft. The only other thing I want you to keep an eye on, and it might be telling that they didn't prioritize edge uh, pieces here with those those third round picks, or you know, remains to be seen. I know we're a couple minutes into starting round uh, rounds four right now to see if they they slide up, but by not addressing the edge, and you re- you know you read the headlines yesterday about how Christian McCaffrey you know is restructuring to create like another eight or nine million in cap space. We know that the Bosa deal will get done closer to the summer. That's going to create a ton more cap space in itself for the 2023 season. There are a lot of veteran free agents still on the market that could contribute in the edge game, whether it's in Gakwe. He feels like the guy that everybody keeps circling you know, around, but there are other big names like Frank Clark and Jadavion Clowney you know, and other pieces that are out there. Rumors are Chase Young can be had. Maybe they're looking at leveraging one of these later picks and taking a flyer on a guy coming off a patella injury that, you know, was the former number two overall pick in the draft. Like there's um, – so that is how I'm going to read between the lines here. But ultimately walking away, not a good start to the 2023 draft for the uh, San Francisco 49ers, particularly not having a day one selection, late day two selections, um, and fumbling, in my opinion, two out of the three. So we'll see. Um, we'll be back to see how um, you know day three goes with those five remaining picks uh, or six remaining picks, which means they have the potential to make nine in total versus the 11 that they have. I don't even think they'll retain all six. I, I, I'd like to think optimistically, see a little bit more like you saw with the Jair Brown um, move is – Let's go be intentional and target, knowing that they also have compensatory picks that are going to come their way next year from coaches changes, GM changes, and players exiting the team as well. Might start to leverage some of their later picks next year um, to be able to, to slide up because I imagine the roster will be in a, in a similar position of a handful of guys having the opportunity to make it. So that's it. Appreciate you tuning into Island 49. Help us out. Go ahead. Um, like what you see. Subscribe. Comment. You know, leave your feedback. I want this to be more about you, not necessarily just about me, but appreciate you tuning in. And we'll be back with a recap um, after today's, you know, day three, rounds four, five, six, seven uh, in, in the draft. <laughs>